All right, everybody, welcome to BO Boys for Monday, July 25th. Fuck it. It's a raw feed. We're doing it live. I'm Clayton. Yeah, I'm Pat. And Clayton, I am back from some boots on the ground reporting from the center of, of Hollywood this past weekend. I was at San Diego Comic-Con all weekend. I was repping the B.O. boys. I was meeting and greeting the wannabe B.O. boys, wannabe B.O. girls, wannabe B.O. people. People. And, uh, you know, if anyone, who've, uh, if anyone who follows me on Twitter, they saw I also did go face-to-face with Buzz himself, with the new unimproved Buzz Lightyear, uh, saw him on the, the convention center floor and tweeted about it. And, you know, people went crazy for that. So, so that's out there. That content is, is widely available now. Yes. So I think that we need to get into mm-hmm. our plow. Yeah. Talk about Nope. Then we'll talk about some of your boots on the ground Comic-Con stuff yes. brown zero at uh, geek central i guess yes. right yes the the geeks were out and uh i was in but yeah let's 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 plow first so clayton you got to plow for the weekend of friday july 22nd oh yeah and we're doing a big top 10 plow wow. starting with number one nope made 44.3 million dollars in its first weekend Number two, Thor Love and Thunder made $22.5 million, down 52%. It lost five theaters. It's at $276.6 million in its third weekend. Number three, Minions, The Rise of Gru made $18 million, down only 33%. It lost 295 theaters. It's standing at $298.1 million in its fourth frame. Number four, Where the Crawdads Sing made $10.3 million, down only 40%. No theater change. It's at $38.3 million in its second weekend. Number five, Top Gun Maverick, just barely missing uh, number four with $10.2 million, down only 17%. Lost 132 theaters. It's at $635.8 million in its ninth weekend. Number six, Elvis made $6.5 million, down only 18%. It lost 200 theaters. It's at $118.6 million in its fifth weekend. Number seven, Paws of Fury, The Legend of Hank, made $3.8 million, down only 39%. It added six theaters. It's at 13.7 in its second weekend. Number eight, The Black Phone, made $3.5 million, down 35%. Lost 216 theaters. It's at $78.6 million in its fifth weekend. Number nine, Jurassic World Dominion, $3.1 million, down 40%. It lost 482 theaters. It's at $365.6 million in its seventh weekend. And rounding out our top 10, Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris made $1.4 million, dropped 28%, added 21 theaters. It's at $4.7 million in its second weekend. And that is your top 10. That is your top 10. And of course, Marcel, the show with shoes on, just misses out coming in at number 11. And The Walking Corpse, that is Lightyear. 
the man I went face to face with at Comic Con this weekend, number twelve. It's at one seventeen, and it's not going to do the Good Dinosaur one twenty three. It is really looking okay. like that is not going to happen. So we're officially calling it, or can we? We can't officially call it yet. We because... can't officially call it. It's still in eight hundred and thirty theaters. I mean, Disney might pull some shenanigans and try and do a big re-release in August. So I don't think we could call it until Lightyear is in, you know, single digit theaters, you know, until it's, it's, it's just basically out of theaters. And until then, I don't think we could call it, but it's done. It's not going to do. It would have to make $6 million. Right. And it just made $700,000 this weekend. So that is then, you're looking at they're playing this movie uh, uh, through the next year, which isn't going to happen. And here's the thing. It's best case scenario. It creeps over that. It's it's going to, if anything, if it does beat Good Dinosaur, it's going to be by so little that it's as if it didn't. Yes. Yeah. No, I, I think I think we could we could pretty much say it, it is not going to happen. Lightyear will not cross the Good Dinosaur line. Which is now, before we get to Nope, and I know we got to get to Nope. We got to get to Nope. We did our top fives, and I went with Top Gun Maverick over the Crawdads. Mm-hmm. And man, this was close. 10.3 to 10.2. Crawdads d- dropped less than I expected. So and much Top less. Gun, top Because I was thinking, this is going to drop in the 50s or mid-50s. And dropping 40% is really good for this movie. Yeah. And I, you know, listen, the fact that Top Gun was still so close just shows the power of that movie, though. I mean, both Crawdads and Top Gun Maverick, we thought this would be the week that Maverick would finally end up in single digits. We thought Crawdads would be in single digits. I did pick Crawdads to just edge out Maverick just by a little bit, but I thought it would Mm -hmm. be like eight and a half million to eight million. The fact that Crawdads made 10.3 and Maverick made 10.2. Both movies had great holds. I mean, I think now we could say after the the 17 million dollar opening weekend and now this great hold only dropped 40%. Crawdads for the scale of what that movie is is going to be a hit. It's at 38 million total. I mean, I think we're now looking at a movie that's going to do over 50 and could hit 60 million dollars total when it's done. So I think Crawdads is going to end up being classified as a success. And the females continue to go out for it. Yes. And it looks like, we're going to get into Nope's demos, the women went there and not to Nope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's, it, was a, it was a overperforming weekend for some of the movies in the middle. Crawdads overperformed, Maverick overperformed, held really well. I mean, Elvis, that hold at number six, only dropped 18%. Elvis is up to 118. So now I think Elvis is a movie that could end up going over 130 when all said and done. So you mm-hmm. had some overperformers in the middle. But I mean, let's get to the top movie of the week. Nope opened with 44 million. Clayton, what were your first thoughts, you know, when, 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 Saturday morning, you were getting the updates, and it looked like Nope was only going to end up in the mid-40s. And I say only, I'm already setting you up for for what I think. But what were your thoughts when you started to see that's where Nope was going to land? 
Well, I mean, this happened to me on Friday when I looked at the preview numbers. Mm -hmm. I mean, I knew that if the preview numbers weren't spectacular and surprising, then this was not going to be the overachiever I expected it Mm -hmm. to be. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I mean, listen. I was upset. Everything else had overperformed this this summer, uh, of course, except for Lightyear and and Thor. You know the Disney stuff, and so I I I was I was I was bummed, but I realized that forty four is good for a movie like this. I mean, that's that's the thing is we all you know get out open to thirty three and then. Us in 2019 opened at 71, and we all want to just see the trajectory keep going up, up, and up. But the fact that Nope, which is an original concept, there's not any tree, you know, not to take anything away from Kiki Palmer or Daniel Kalua, got an Oscar, but neither of them are huge movie stars. The fact that this movie opened at 44 million is a success it is just a bummer in comparison to expectations you know and compared to us but i think in retrospect this movie shouldn't have had that level of expectations yeah i i do i mean listen we were hyped on this movie i listen i predicted 81 i thought us made 71 this is an alien movie it's going to be bigger but I think the the issue is that us was really feeding off of the get out phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Whereas now Jordan Peele is obviously a movie star director. He's obviously a brand, but he's come back to it. it even though this is his alien movie, he's come back down to earth. You know, he's not the hot new thing in the way that he was when us came out. You know, us was the event being the first time he does something after get out. And now he's a movie star director, but he's not the hot new movie star director. Yeah. And, and uh, Anthony D'Alessandro uh, from deadline is comping this to like once upon a time in Hollywood, mm-hmm. which opened to 41 and Elvis, which opened to 31.2. So, He's saying, I mean, that these this opened higher, so that's good, and, and things like that, and that is positive. It's all positive. Mm-hmm. I, I was hoping for some out-of-the-box kind of sensation, and obviously that didn't happen. And so now we have to just talk about how this did, according to regular expectations, but more importantly, how is it going to hold in this pretty vacant next couple weeks right. to months of box office? So I saw this film, and obviously we're not critics, huh? We're not here giving huh? reviews, huh? We're not cultural critics, huh? But huh? the the response on this movie has been more mixed, both critically and fan-wise, than, definitely than Get Out, and probably a little bit more than Us. You know, the cinema score for Nope was what, B, I think? Or maybe even B-, minus. but... It, it's B. So... You're not coming out of this movie with universal enthusiasm. And I will say, having seen it, I do have some real reservations about the legs on this movie. You know, I I think that this, I would be surprised 
if it legs out anywhere near what us did. I mean, definitely not so, Get Out. Get Out was a phenomenon. But I do think this is now, having seen it, it is not the mainstream popcorn alien invasion blockbuster that maybe we were all telling ourselves it was going to be. This movie is closer to an A24 horror movie than it is to a Blumhouse horror movie. Oh, A20, I mean, if an A24 movie opened to this big of a number, I mean, that'd be nuts. Oh, not the opening weekend, but the movie itself, and I think the the possibility of what that means going forward. Okay. You know, so here's, it's an artier, headier movie than than either of his other movies have been. So then here's here's we were comping Jordan Peele to M. Night Shyamalan, which culture in general loves to do. Mm-hmm. We did it on this podcast and we comped this movie to signs. Right. Third movie, because aliens. Third movie, yeah. Aliens, third movie, right. Here's the deal, though. I think we comped it to the wrong movie. Okay. This movie, I believe, is more of a comp to The Village. Mm-hmm. Yes. The Village opened to $50.7 million July 30th, 2004. Mm-hmm. It's next weekend. It dropped... 68% mm-hmm. and made 16.4 million. That next weekend dropped another 57%. It was at 7.1. Next weekend dropped 48, 3.7. Next weekend, 49. The drops are huge. All these drops are huge. Right, right. Now, this movie still made $100 million, mm-hmm. but heavily front loaded. Only legged out to 114 domestic, mm-hmm. which this movie's not going to make that. I don't think. I don't think so either. I think I I th- I think th- I think unfortunately, nope, could end up not making 100 million domestic. Again, based so on having ha- seen yeah. it and the fact that it's only at 44 now, I kind of if I had a bet, and I don't have to, but if I had to. I would bet it doesn't cross a hundred million domestic when it's all, so, all said and done. I think what what happened here with the Jordan Peele M Night situation is that Jordan Peele skipped his un, un unbreakable, and Us was his signs. Us okay, so Us wasn't his unbreakable. Us was his signs that. I mean, box office wise, it does make sense because us did do much better than Unbreakable did. I think we were all hoping that Jordan Peele would have a bigger Unbreakable than Unbreakable was. We all thought us was his Unbreakable, so us was just a bigger Unbreakable, and then Nope would be his signs, and Nope would be the biggest movie of all of them. Yeah, but Nope. Is I mean, his, so either way, nope you want to slice village. it. You, yeah, I, I yeah. think that I think that's a good. I think that is the good comparison. He Jordan Peele skipped his Unbreakable. Hmm. And I just it, it's. Uh, I have a feeling that I and we mm-hmm. us, if you will, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. underestimated how many people 
disliked us and how that may have affected this box office. Because I did not like us. Mm-hmm. But I thought that there'd be enough hunger for new IPs, for different things that people would flock to this film. And that's just not the case. I mean, it is and it isn't because this movie did open at $44 million just being an original movie where the draw was the director's name. You know, and it's like Anthony D'Alessandro brings up, this movie opened to bigger than any Quentin Tarantino movie ever. You know, you look at Quentin Tarantino's movies, Once Upon a Time made 41, Django opened at 30, um, I bet you Inglorious Bastards probably opened similar, like around 30 million, I would bet. Um, so Jordan Peele did open this movie as big as you would, bigger than any of these other like movie star directors, even someone like Tarantino who had legit movie stars like Pacino uh, or not Pacino, uh, DiCaprio and Brad Pitt. And it's and nope still opened bigger than those movies. Yeah, and Glorious Bastards. Pacino and Ch- Pacino was in Once Upon a Time. He was in Once Upon a Time. Um yeah. and Glorious Bastards in 2009 opened up at 38 million. So nope opened bigger than all of those movies. It's the biggest uh original IP original non-IP opening since us. So it's it's hard to say people didn't come out. I think the big story here is more what happens next weekend, which, mm-hmm. which again, having seen it and having felt the crowd on opening night, I don't think this is as mainstream as a, of a movie as you would think it is being a, you know, middle of end of July summer movie. It's almost, it's yeah. incredible that it, that it has made as much as it did. The fact that this mm-hmm. movie as uh, made 44 million in an opening weekend really goes to show just what a movie star Jordan Peele is. And here's the other positive thing as of right now, Mm -hmm. this movie didn't crater over the weekend. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They called it making mid forties and it stayed in mid Mm forties. This wasn't a situation of, Oh, it looks like it's going to make 45. Mm, Looks like it's going to make 41. Looks like it's going to make 38. That did not happen, and that is positive. Right, right, right. And it doesn't have, I mean, not to go into weekend preview mode, but it it doesn't have another big uh, adult movie opening this weekend. But mm-hmm. again, I mean, maybe we should save this for the end of week weekend preview episode. I think the bigger problem with Nope is not so much the 44 million opening weekend. It's going to be what it does going forward. Mm-hmm. Now, can I uh, read a little bit of an email from a wannabe oh boy, Marcus? Yes, yes. Marcus emailed us about us versus nope. Mm-hmm. And he said, I think the trailers were part of the story. Mm-hmm. He said, us had a spectacular main trailer, made a really strong impression. It had a catchy song, the I Got Five on it remix. And he thinks just like Elvis that us had a very effective trailer that got people into the theaters. Mm -hmm. 
he said the trailer for Nope, the first one, the first trailer for Nope, didn't sell the horror aspect of the movie. Uh, oh, the final trailer. I'm sorry. The final trailer didn't set up the horror. It tried to play more comedy. It wasn't especially scary. And so he thinks that that was a little bit confusing. And neither of the previews really galvanized people the way us did. Also mentioned that the big flying object in the preview removed from context of the movie might have looked goofy to people. Mm-hmm. So this is a this is a sign that these trailers for us were great and the trailers for Nope were not great. Well, here is where I think I have to talk through a moral conundrum that I, I'm having as a as a BO boy. Which is You're spoiled. Well I You've been compromised. I going into this movie did not watch I have never seen this second trailer for Nope. I saw the original okay. sort of teaser trailer that was playing for over a year that basically didn't tell you anything about the movie, didn't was not spoilery at all. And then because as a as a moviegoer, I wanted to know as little about this movie as possible when I saw it. I never watched that second trailer. I never sought it out online. I would show up to movies late to not catch it when I went to movies in the last couple of months. I, I actively avoided seeing the second Nope trailer. And in mm-hmm. doing so, I may have uh, been derelict in my duties as a B.O. boy because okay, what Marcus has said, and I, I, I'm laying it on the line here for everyone. I'm laying it on the line. What Marcus says here is probably true that the second trailer for Nope didn't sell the movie that well. And I went into this weekend not knowing that. You know, mm-hmm. I, I wanted I wanted to not know. I wanted to bury my hand my head in the sand so that I could enjoy seeing the movie more. But I put that enjoyment, that personal gratification above my sworn duties as a box office prognosticator, as a box office analyst, because having not seen that second trailer, I was unable to fully do my job as a B.O. boy. So so I'm not asking for forgiveness. I'm not asking for mercy. I am just putting this out there and everyone can think of me or do as they want but but i i did not do my job as a bo boy because i did not watch the second more spoilery trailer for nope and i did not know that they went into a more comedic side rather than selling it as a horror movie i did not know that they showed the 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 flying saucer image in the second trailer and it looked goofy as as marcus said i did not know these things I actively avoided the knowing of these things. And because of that, last week on the show, I predicted Nope would open at $81 million. And I was wrong. Yeah. Well, I think what you what you did here is very brave. Thank you. And I do think it is, I can relate to it because it is a struggle. Like you said, we are, we're prognosticators, we're, we're, we're B.O., experts and analysts whatever you want to call us Mm -hmm. but we're also human yes and we're also moviegoers Mm -hmm. 
And there's going to be those times when those things clash. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we'll have to just figure it out. I mean, this is a situation where I know we should both go into things with all the knowledge possible. But I do think going forward, there can be an element of, since there's two of us, and if there is a movie that you maybe don't want to be spoiled for, I can I can be completely spoiled for it so that I can give some analysis. I mean, that's also a possibility. Yeah, and I mean, I mean right. and also not, listen, not to shift blame away from myself, okay. but I'll do it, you know, I'll do it. But you'll do it. This is a situation that happens because the movie studios, in this case Universal, did not provide the B.O. boys with an advance screening before we went on the air to make our predictions. Had Universal Pictures shown this movie to the B.O. boys a week in advance, two weeks in advance, even a few days in advance, if they wanted to just keep us on track with the rest of the critical community. If they had showed us this film a few days in advance, I could have seen the film. Then I could have watched the second trailer. And then I could have gone on air with a weekend preview episode of the BO boys and, and made an accurate uh, assessment with all of the, the knowledge I needed to predict the opening weekend. So again, I don't ask for mercy. I don't ask for forgiveness. I don't place blame, but some of this blame needs to go to Universal for not well, setting up a screening for the BO boys before we went on air with the weekend preview episode. Well, like all things, I mean, Pat, what you're saying here is like all things, this isn't a personal problem. This is a systematic problem. Exactly. Exactly. This, right. this I mean, comes this, from the above. System- yeah. Yeah, the 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 studio system is not allowing us to do our job. Right, right. right. So I don't think, f- f- to be fair, I don't think you have anything to apologize for, and I think you should redact everything you just said. Okay, I mean, I'll, I'll I I will say that I didn't have the I didn't see that second trailer, but I will redact an apology for having not seen it because now we've made it Absolutely. clear. It, it was Universal's fault. It was a systematic issue that w- we don't control. Um, so Universal and all the other studios are going to have to make this right because it shouldn't be contingent upon myself, upon you, Clayton, to be spoiled all the time in order to have all the information. Obviously, for the most part, we're always going to watch trailers. Trailers are, are an important yes. part of of analyzing pre-analyzing the box office but in a situation like nope uh, show us the movie so we could watch the trailer afterwards and yeah i i mean going back to marcus email i think he nailed it that the us trailer was super buzzy we almost underestimate just what a big deal he he was so dead on the i got five on it song was was such a big cultural moment you know, that mm-hmm. that Us trailer itself was a huge cultural moment. And the first trailer for Nope was very cool in how little it told us. But now having heard what that second trailer is and the fact that it was so disappointing, it does make sense that Nope didn't open to Us levels because it didn't have an Us level trailer. You know, mm-hmm. and it's not just about the quality of the trailer. It's about what's the element that's going to be enticing. 
So if you see that the flying saucer looks a little janky in that second trailer, that's it's going to mean this is not going to open at a top-level alien movie. It's not going to open War of the Worlds level. Yeah. Yeah. Man. I, but, I will say, though. But we- $44 million is a hit opening weekend for a movie like this where – it's basically based around seeing the director's latest movie. It's it, mm-hmm. it's as negative as we've been on it because the expectations were higher. You look at Jordan Peele's career. It is amazing what his box office has been in three movies. It is incredible. These op- Your first three movies to open at 33, 71, and now 44 million. That is... I think unprecedented. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's it's great. I mean, this nope was more guy leaning than the previous mm-hmm. horror movie that he's done. Fifty seven percent of men went as opposed to us, which was fifty, and get out, which was forty eight. So more dudes, less women. Mm-hmm. Was a little bit older, but not crazy. I mean, eighteen to thirty four. 68%, which is good. Black audience, very strong. Mm-hmm. Uh, this did really well with all different demos, which is good and bodes well for the future. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, we'll we'll get into it on the weekend preview episode at the end of the week. We'll gather more data throughout the week and talk about what we think it's going to do going forward. I mean, I think the takeaway with this opening weekend is the Jordan Peele brand is still incredibly strong there's no other director right now who could just put his name above a movie title and open to these numbers there's there isn't tarantino is in that class but slightly below that i mean there's very few who who are movie star directors at the level of jordan peele i guess it's nolan still although i will say you know i saw this i saw Nope and IMAX, and they played a teaser for Nolan's Oppenheimer. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, I listen. I know people say that Nolan is our punching bag. He's our he's our dead horse and all that. But I think Oppenheimer is going to be the one that that really goes south for him. Just seeing this 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 teaser. That that's oh. all I'll say. Wow. Okay, I thought you were gonna do an about face, but you're not. No, wow. no. I'm. I've, my face stays exactly where it was on Nolan. My face is more so, so than ever before after seeing the Oppenheimer teaser. Wow, your face is more steadfast than before. Yeah. Yep. So we'll we'll see about so that. Bef- Obviously, that's next July. The Bo Boys will be building towards that all year. Our dead mm. horse is back, uh, July 2023 with Oppenheimer. But, uh, you know, he's he's one of the only people who's in that, you know, they're in that class of movie star directors. Yeah. Wow. That's going to be one crazy summer. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So before we move off of Nope, we have to call out another email from wannabe boy Josh. OK. Rare email from a old school, maybe the first want to be oh boy yeah he's been here since the beginning and he's never leaving 
Saw it in open IMAX this weekend and really enjoyed it. The presentation was fantastic. The Lincoln Square IMAX is the best movie screen in New York City. I used to be an I'd rather watch it at home guy, but ever since seeing Dune and now Nope in IMAX, I'm a big format convert. The sound especially is amazing. Wow. This is huge. Yep. Yes, that is the best screen in New York City. Mm-hmm. I agree. Mm-hmm. And for Josh, a and listen, we don't want to give away any identifying information about Josh other than he's a Big movie guy. He watches a lot of movies at home. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he is now claiming that he is a convert for PLFs and IMAXs in general, he knows this is the future of movie going. Yes. And that people are going to leave their houses and experience things. $44 million worth of people went to the theaters to see a movie that they knew almost nothing about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that says something. And Josh enjoyed it. So therefore, there are people out there. I mean, it got a B cinema score. So people did enjoy this thing. It's, it didn't get a D, no, huh? No. It didn't get an F, huh? No. It didn't get a C. It didn't get a B minus. No. It got a B. It didn't get an F minus, huh? It didn't get an F plus, huh? huh? No, no. Huh. It got a B, which is not, you know, tippy top, uh, you know, across the board raves. But yeah, it is definitely not a rejection. And, you know, Josh is also, again, not to give away any uh, uh, specifics, he's in the industry. He's someone who has, he's on movie sets. He has access, early access to movies sometimes. And this is someone who, again, yeah, like you said, isn't inclined to necessarily leave to see a movie in person, but the format pulled him out there, pulled this industry stalwart. This person who has access pulled him out to see it in, in a movie theater, which again, we've we, we, we've been saying this for the last couple of weeks. The theaters have to build more PLFs. There has to be more premium screens, more large screens, more IMAX screens, because that is the type of thing that gets people who are not inclined to leave their house to leave their house. Yes. And speaking of which, we have to do an update on Top Gun Maverick and where it stands domestically all time. It is now the number nine movie domestically of all time. It is at $635.8 million. It has leapfrogged over Star Wars The Last Jedi and the original Avengers. Wow. That is incredible. It's got its its eyes on number eight, Jurassic World, which is at 652.3. And if it does that, it's going to be nestled right up against Titanic and could overtake it. Yeah, I mean, looking at this, I mean, I think it's not a slam. I mean, I, I would say it's a slam doink that it will end up passing titanic i think at this point top gun maverick absolutely will at least get to number seven it'll get over 659 million because it's 25 million away from doing that it made 10 million this past week there there's absolutely 25 million dollars worth of domestic box office left for top gun maverick 
A hundred percent. So the 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 questions become: Will it overtake Avengers if uh, Avengers Infinity War and gets a number six? It would have to make another forty three million to do that. And will it get to Black Panther? It would have to make another. 66 million to get past Black Panther and get in the top five all time. I think those are the two possibilities. I feel like that's as high as it could go. I don't think it'll end up passing Avatar's 760 million. That's no, especially because Avatar, the, the, there's going to be a, a re release of Avatar, I'm sure, before Avatar 2, and that's going to push that thing right up higher, right? Right, so. I think, yeah, in its initial run, Top Gun Maverick will not beat Avatar. Right. But I think it's going to beat Titanic. And I think Infinity War is a real possibility. Man, that would be so amazing. Incredible. Incredible. That'd be incredible. incredible run for Maverick. Um, yeah, nothing else much in this top 10 that needs to be talked about. Black Phone's legs continue to be incredible. It's at 78 million total. I mean, that's a... It's a Blumhouse horror movie that's going to get for sure into the 80s. Has a chance of hitting 90 million total. Probably not, but Black Phone is probably going to end up around 85 million when it's done, which is amazing. Yeah. And the big thing here when we're talking about these types of movies is the box office is lower than, say, your Marvel movies. But this is a lot of profit for this film. Oh my god! Black Phone cost I think under twenty million dollars total. It's going to end 15 up fifteen million. Then say ad spend is tw- like thirty. Yeah. I mean, not. I mean, if it's fifteen plus fifteen for ad spend, you're took you're looking at thirty, and this has already made seventy eight. Yeah. So no, this this yeah. is a, this again. Ethan Hawke getting those points. He's going to be able to oh. afford to make a lot of adaptations of his own novels coming off of his black his black phone payday. And hopefully he won't have to do any more Marvel projects. Yes. Yes. Fingers crossed. Um, so do we want to quickly, before we head out, do we want to talk some Comic-Con? Yes. I mean, you were there, boots on the ground, so I feel like we'd be remiss if we didn't. So boots on the ground. Here is what I saw, boots on the ground. Because, you know, listen, I was there for work. We won't get into specifics of what I was working on, but I was there for work. I did manage to walk the convention floor, do, do some investigating. Like I said, I ran into a cardboard standee for Buzz Lightyear, you know, the 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 Buzz Lightyear from Lightyear. There was no crowd around this standee. This standee had no children taking selfies. This standee had no adults putting their arms around it, getting pictures. This standee was lonely. This standee was dusty. This standee drew no crowd, no cosplayers, no nothing. You know, the the, standee stood alone. The standee stood alone. I went over there. I took a Mercy uh, uh, selfie with this Buzz standee. I, I feel like there were people around there who were confused. They were like, why is anyone taking a selfie with with this new Buzz Lightyear? Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't know. Obviously, I was I was making a, a meta commentary on Buzz Lightyear that I was going to tweet it out and comment on Spock. They didn't know that. Yes. But they were just confused. Why is anyone paying mind to this 
Buzz Lightyear standee. I also. How, how, I also. Oh no, you go. I'm sorry, Pat. Saw the. You know, we talk about movie star directors. I did get a glimpse of the director and co-star of the upcoming Clerks 3. Kevin Smith was on the grounds of Comic-Con, and I saw him in a booth that was a recreation of the Quick Stop store. They remade the Quick Stop. People got to take pictures in the Quick Stop, and Kevin Smith himself was given a little rousing speech in the Quick Stop. So it's very exciting. I, I really did feel the buzz for Clerks 3, the upcoming Fathom event. I think, you know, Comic-Con such a great place for him. And I think you really got the people enthused to go out for those two nights and see Clerks 3 in the theaters. Yes. Yeah, so as you're speaking, I'm doing a check on the our local theater that's going to be showing Clerks 3 in September and uh, we're good to hold off on buying tickets. I'll just say. Okay, it's not it's not sold out yet. We're not in. We're not. Close but to being. the the buzz is emerging. It, it's a, it's a listen. A buzz becomes a cacophony. Becomes a roar. Right. Becomes a huge fathom event that will make the top ten. Right. The weekend of September, I guess. What it'd be because this is a Tuesday, so. September 18th, 19th, something like that. Okay. So that'll be the weekend. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, listen, I think Kevin Smith created a lot of buzz for Clerks 3 at Comic-Con. Again, there was a full recreation of the the front counter for the Quick Stop, which went over Mm -hmm. huge there. But it takes a while for the buzz to get across the country, especially right now. Airlines are a mess. Flights are being canceled. So that's the kind of thing that that uh, doesn't help the buzz travel very well. Nothing's traveling well right now due to a shortage mm-hmm. of pilots. So that buzz that Kevin Smith created this past weekend at Comic-Con, it's not going to spread immediately. It'll take a few weeks to spread. Now, I know you did not go to the Marvel panel. I did not. I did not go to that. I chose not to go. But there was some news that came out of it. Mm-hmm. And it looks like there was a phase five announced, correct? So they it appears they have announced that phase four is about to end with yes. Black Panther Wakanda Forever in November ends phase four. And it's that kind of comes off as like a mercy killing of a phase that they want to run away from, you Mm -hmm. know, because you've had this run of Eternals and Doctor Strange 2 and Thor Love and Thunder, which in different ways were all underwhelming. And I, it seems like now they have Black Panther 2, Wakanda Forever is going to, is going to be huge. I mean, that trailer. Whatever you think of Marvel, that trailer uh, went over like gangbusters, and that movie is going to be a monster. And I think they'll be able to then close up Phase 4 on a big success and just well, pretend and just speaking- that Black Widow and Eternals and, and, and Doctor Strange 2 just sort of hand wave those and just say, I don't know, Phase 4, that was just 
Black Panther Wakanda Forever. That's all it was. And like everybody's maturation, Phase 4 is all, always hairy. Mm-hmm. 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 I mean, that's the age, right? If we're talking about the age of the Marvel Universe at that point, what? It was in its early teens? It's a preteen. Yes. It's, it's a, a tween. It's a preteen. So this phase was the tween get, age. You're right. That That's where you get the awkward facial hair. If you're a guy, you get that starter stash. Mm-hmm. Your pits start to smell. But the yeah, the, the Black Panther 2 trailer, I think, sets that movie up to be... You know, the original Black Panther was a phenomenon. It got to seven hundred million. We're, we're as much as Maverick is a phenomenon right now. It's not going to catch Black Panther. That's how big that movie was, and Black Panther two may end up being even bigger. You know, it may but, be the the uh, uh, Fast Seven of the Marvel movies. Well, speaking uh, to Marcus's us versus nope trailer situation, and I got five on it, this No Woman No Cry version from this this Black Panther trailer is going nuts online. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And a, a cool, iconic song like that, it, it, I mean, that's going to help with this movie. Not that this movie needed help to be big, but it's good that it is a trailer that people are psyched about, especially musically. Yeah. No, that's going to be huge. So the other, I mean, basically the, the thing about the Marvel uh, announcements at Comic-Con is they've just announced a bunch of movies all the way through 2025. You know, some that we knew about, the Ant-Man Quantumania, that's next February 2023. And those Ant-Man movies are always strange box office-wise because... They're successful, but they are by far the smallest of the Marvel movies. You know, they, mm-hmm. they, they're movies that end up, I mean, that Ant-Man movie might end up making as much as Elvis did this summer. You know, the, those Ant-Man movies, it would be a surprise if those finally break out, but they're always the smallest Marvel movie. So that one's next February. The big, big one for next year is Guardians of the Galaxy 3 is in May. I mean, where where is your temperature on Guardians right right now as we sit today in July 2022? I mean, that second one is so far in the past. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's been a cancellation and a uncancellation when it comes to the director. You've had Batista talking shit about Marvel wanting to go to DC to be in the Suicide Squad. You had their really underwhelming cameo in Thor Love and Thunder. So, yeah. I mean, I'm... I will I like that whole group and I think that I'll turn out for it. It'll mm-hmm. be the rare Marvel movie I'll actually go see. But I do think that it's feels musty. It feels musty. It feels like it from a different time, but mm-hmm. also not long enough to be nostalgia, you know, to be a nostalgia yes. play. It's in that it feels like it might be in that weird zone. Scream four situation. Yes. Yes, we'll see. I mean, listen, it's going to be huge, just the Guardians, but I think the bloom is off the rose a little bit on that franchise because it's been so long since the Mm -hmm. second one. And that cameo in Thor Love and Thunder was slightly tarnishing. Uh, Yes. There's a Blade movie, November 2023. Mahershala Ali is playing Blade. No announcement on whether there will be some kind of Wesley Snipes appearance and nod to him. I I do think Marvel is going to have to figure that out because 
Wesley Snipes as Blade is pretty beloved. Obviously, that was before the explosion of superhero movies. And, and, and you know, it's not part of the MCU, his Wesley Snipes Blade movies. But I, I do feel like that's a, that's a, a, a dangling thread there. Is is but Blade, how do you address those, Wesley Snipes? Those Blade movies were a bridge from '90s superhero movies to the superhero movies we see today. Oh, for sure. I mean, that and Spider Man. Though, yeah, those were big hits and kept Marvel viable as as IPs. Yeah. I mean, of course, obviously Spider-Man was going on a, a similar time, but still it's like the fact that you could take a not super popular character and break it out the way that they did. I mean, that was, you know, that was a motivation for like maybe we can do this with Iron Man. So, yeah, that was a pre-Iron Man Marvel series and there was uh, you know, Wesley Snipes was not at Hall H, which which you know, you've got plenty of time that movie comes out over a year from now, but they're going to have to figure out their Wesley Snipes situation before that Blade movie comes out. Um, just scrolling through TV show announcements, Captain America, New World Order comes out May 2024. So that's Anthony Mackie officially becoming Captain America. New World Order is an interesting subtitle. Um, that's pretty much all I have on that at this point. Um and thunderbolts in july july 2024 thunderbolts so that is the one where julia louis dreyfus will be the star yes i mean along with florence Pugh right. and wyatt russell and tim roth and daniel Bruel. right i mean julia louis dreyfus the star of a marvel movie i mean no matter what you think about marvel no matter where we're at i feel like me and you will be there opening day for a Julia Louis-Dreyfus headlined movie. Oh, absolutely. 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 Uh, well, so, okay. Also, I'm seeing that they, they announced Phase 6, too. Oh, they announced Phase 6. and Because then Phase 6 in 2024, November 2024, starts with a Fantastic Four movie. Whoa. So they're bringing in the Fantastic Four. Obviously, at this point now, there is no casting on any of these movies. And there's release dates, but I think we're subject to change. Yeah, these are all subject to change. Then this is the point in the Comic Con presentation where they're to some degree just saying stuff just to Mm -hmm. get the crowd to cheer. Yes, And, and and there really are no hard plans that any of this has to happen. Yeah, because then they're. Avengers, the Kang Dynasty, May 2nd, 2025. Right. Avengers Secret Wars, November 7th, 2025. And then something called The Avengers Come to Your House and High Five You, TBD. Right. So that was absolutely just an opportunity to get cheers. I I feel like it was pretty gross yeah and i think so i think so i think avengers come to your house and high five you is probably not gonna happen i think you're right i think you're right paul rudd mows your lawn is in there too yeah. like as part of that i mean he might which, though he might do yeah. that. that of of the 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 far distance titled 
movies. The Paul Rudd Mosier Lawn one, he's a good guy. That could actually be something that that happens. Yeah. But, and I don't know if this is something that's going to happen in the metaverse or whatever. I mean, right. it's probably going to be Web3, of course. Right, right. It'll be it'll be digital grass. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah, so two Avengers movies slated for the year 2025. And just a reminder, everyone, right now it is 2022. So those are three years from now, these announced yes. Avengers movies. Three years. But, I mean, I, you've we've all seen the, the videos that have leaked out from there. Listen, I was... I was not at Hall H, but I was on the grounds at Comic-Con. I was taking selfies with Buzz Lightyear. I saw Kevin Smith. I went to an AEW mm-hmm. wrestling panel. You know, a lot of big things going on that I was in person for. I did hear the explosions of cheers from Hall H during the Marvel wow. panel. I felt those. I was there. I heard the earth move when they announced that there would be Avengers movies three years from now. So yeah. there's there's a lot of, and good on them, there's a lot of Comic-Con attendees who are very confident in their ability to live for at least three more years. So and good, good for them. For them. Good, good for them. That. That's, that's positive in a internet that's full of gar- uh, garbage fire yeah. and- Doom scrolling. And- yeah, worst timelines right, and right. all of this. You've got a hall full of youngish people, mm-hmm. maybe probably not that young, cheering at just the thought of surviving another three years. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's it. That's really positive. That's really positive because and to see movies. Yes. To see movies. Exactly. Movies. And the theatrical experience, because we're not covering these streamers, the theatrical experience is a motivator for people to survive. Marvel came out and announced reasons why all these people should should try to survive for the next three years. Because if they do, they'll get to see two Avengers movies in the theaters in 2025. Mm-hmm. So it's it's great to... Uh, it's, it's great to have that. Well, I'm exhausted from that, Pat. Is there anything else from Comic-Con or are you just spent like I am? I'm spent. I also have not slept in a few days. I'm a little delirious. So the fact that this show was as great as it was, as entertaining and informative as it was, is really a, a testament to, uh, to me because I have not slept in, in almost two days. So, wow. So, so then Pat, let's wrap this up because obviously we're going to be talking about DC super pets on our Thursday episode, yes. but where can they find us to tell of their comic-con experience or their nope experience or anything really? Yeah. As long as it's about the general topics we talk about, you could email oh, yeah, us. Stay on task. Yes. Yeah, uh, yeah. Come on. Email us at the boboyspodcast at gmail.com. Of course, we love getting your emails. We, we talked about some great emails today uh, from Marcus, from Josh. 
I mean, Danny over at Ice Screen, you scream for movies, emailed us to talk about that he did enjoy Nope, that he pretty much nailed it, that it would open in between Get Out and us, and letting us know so we could let all our listeners know he's got a new episode of Ice Screen, you scream for movies with his full review, his firsthand review of Nope is up on his feed. So go check that out. It's a must listen. And must listen. Must listen and email us at the Podcast at gmail.com. Great, Pat. So I don't think there's anything left to say no. except until next time. We'll smell you at the box. Nailed. Nailed.